0: everybody. It's Tanya back again with Recovering Church Girls, and I wanted to go a little bit deeper on something that's been surfacing pretty often lately on the podcast. There's been a really interesting process, and you guys have seen me go through it. I have been so triggered in all of these different conversations in some ways where I expected to be and in some ways where it really has blindsided me and I've forgotten certain elements along the way. And I know I'm not the only one because I'm hearing from so many of you uh, very similar topics and different ideas that, you know, man, I forgot about X, Y, and Z and all of a sudden that's coming up for me and here's how I'm working through that. And I love hearing these stories. So by all means, please keep them coming. For me, one of the things that came up uh, just recently was this idea of avoiding all appearances of evil. This became kind of a a guiding principle for the way in which I was supposed to act or supposed to perform, avoiding the appearance of evil. And what's so interesting about this is that leads a pretty wide berth for other people's definitions of what evil really is. In the environment in which I was raised and and spent a lot of time, not only at home, but also in the church, evil uh, was a label that was put on all sorts of things that now as an adult, I realize really weren't evil. They were actually just human, but that's beside the point, or maybe that is the point, the idea of putting definition to the things that we were told, and really taking the time to dissect them now, being able to look in in reverse. You know, that whole thing about hindsight being 2020 so incredibly true. And the older that we get, the more experience that we have to be able to really evaluate these things. So for example, I remember uh, the college, or excuse me, the summer of my Junior year, I believe it was going into my senior year at college. Now, keep in mind, I went to Earl Roberts University. Not only was it a very conservative, I believe still is, um, Christian, evangelical, charismatic, whichever label. Maybe all of those (laughs) that you want to put on it. I was also a resident advisor. And um, in case you didn't catch some of the episodes with other uh, fellow classmates, that was a really big deal. Again, it's this idea of the gold star Christianity. It meant that I was held up as a leader. And not only did I need to follow the rules, but I also had to enforce them. So as I'm getting ready to finish up the last little bit of my college career, I've now served for two years as an RA, and I'm, you know, looking to just kind of break out of things. I'm starting to get frustrated with some of the things that I'm seeing within the, uh, the organization, within the university, and... I'm trying to find my footing in this whole thing. I have an opportunity to room with some friends of mine over the summer and stay in Tulsa. And what that would mean is that I was going to have to have roommates that were boys. So like any good little Christian daughter, I called my parents and said, hey, I have this opportunity. It would allow me to stay at the same job that I'm at now and I could take a couple more summer classes and, you know, knock all of this out. Um, I'm sure you know it's not going to be any big deal for you, but I just wanted to to run it by you and see what you think. Oh boy, uh, the response was, "Avoid all appearances of evil." And as I'm sitting here now at the age of 42, looking back, I mean, clearly I I get it. I understand where my parents were coming from. And they didn't want me to get caught up in finding my worth in a relationship with a guy. And they didn't want me to have premarital sex because, of course, that's what we've been hearing our entire lives is that sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. And if I am living with three other people who are all men, then surely what was the implication now, again, as a 42-year-old adult, um, I can take a step back and say, yeah, that really isn't evil. That That's not evil. That's just someone's perception of what they could possibly try to create in their mind and the label that would then be attached to me. And I see where they were coming from. I know that they were operating from a place of love and protection and I don't fault them for that at all and at the same time I'm looking back going avoid all appearances of evil how many times was that used as a reasoning for validating certain choices that I was told to make (laughs) not so much choices that I actually made for myself but choices that I needed to carry out uh, for other people Avoid all appearances of evil. When I think of evil now, I think about pure evil, a willingness to do harm, a desire to hurt, a desire to divide, a risk of health or safety. I think of evil as something that we see more often, unfortunately, in where we are right now. And I see the antithesis of evil as kindness and openness and inclusivity and wanting to work together to create something better than what we have right now. I see two very, very different things depending on how you define the word evil and even the idea of avoiding all appearances you know, I don't know if you've read uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements, but the very first agreement is to not make assumptions. So when we say things like avoid all appearances of evil, we're making a pretty strong assumption as to what someone would take an appearance to be defined as evil. So for example, going back to this idea, if If I were to live with three guys, does that all of a sudden mean that, you know, there's some sort of reverse harem thing going on here? No, of course not. But is that the assumption that was made that in that house somehow is evil? Eh, That's kind of what I got in that whole takeaway. And again, I'm making my own assumption now because I can't say it's ever something that we've talked about since. Avoid all appearances of evil. Where does that leave us now? And if we're to really look at that as it was intended, what can we take away from that verse? Avoid all appearances of evil. I feel like the very first place we've got to start with that is define what evil is. And then what are the things that could lead to that? And for me, I have to say that is a huge reason why recovering church girls exist. I feel that there's evil that we have been exposed to, that we've been in some ways influenced by and hurt by, the evil that existed by way of power and control and fear-based thinking. I think those things are evil. Now granted, that's my opinion. This is, this is my take on this entire experience. I also think that there's room to find the good in the bad. And we've talked about that before. So I won't belabor that point. But I'd really invite you to think about what does that mean for us now? What do we do from here? Avoid all appearance of evil. And I think this gets so tricky because, again, it's a very subjective thing. What is evil? How do we define it? What does it look like? Because if we're going to avoid the appearance of it, we need to know what evil is and what it looks like. And we need to start being clear about our understanding and about a shared common language. You know, I think about all of the terrible things that have happened in the news and the media recently. And I'm thinking of a particular judge, and I'll just leave it at that. But I remember thinking about the idea of the definitions, you know, Rape wasn't rape back in the 80s. It just wasn't. It wasn't defined that way. We had to define the words and find some common understanding and create some common understanding in order to define that evil. I wonder how much of that we still have left to do. We've come so far. We've come such a long way in being able to shed the light in all the darkness and to be able to identify the evil and to bring it forth and hold it responsible or more specifically hold the people responsible. I don't think we're done yet. I think there's still more that needs to be sifted, that needs to be shifted through. I think there's still hard conversations to be had to dissect the evil from the good. Because I think in some cases there can be good in evil and there can be evil in good. Not all the time. I think, you know, there's the possibility of the polarities of that. But it all comes back to a shared understanding and a shared language to be able to identify that I mean X when I say this. What do you mean when you hear it? And be able to have those conversations because that's where the openness can take place. To be able to hold onto our ideals loosely enough that we can find the space for someone else's opinion to factor in and to be able to honor each other and to respect each other to say, well, this is my experience here. What's yours? And again, it comes back to that idea of the curiosity. And that's become a value that I live by, to be able to say, here's how I'm seeing this, but can you tell me how you see it? Because then that's where we can find that shared understanding. And with that shared understanding, we can set a lot of these things aside. We don't have to live in this space of conflict. We don't have to live in a space where we are fearful or that we become the ones who are trying to control others, saying that, you know, the crazy this or the, you know, X that or whatever. I think that there's a very dangerous place about staying in a place of fear and hurt and anger, because then at that point. Isn't it really all the same thing that we're trying to undo? We're just on the other side of the pendulum. How do we work our way back into the center of the pendulum? How do we work our way back into an openness, into the ability to see others where they are, and the ability to be able to be vulnerable in who we are now and in who we are becoming? And in many ways, that all starts with knowing who we were. So again, that brings us back full circle. Avoid all appearances of evil. It's a very interesting thing to have to think about. What does that mean for us now? I would welcome your comments and your definition of what this means. So find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Tell me what you think avoid all appearances of evil means. Is it something that still resonates with you? Is it something that you feel like you need to reject wholeheartedly? Is there still some grain of truth in it? And if so, what is it? What does it look like? Thank you so much for being a part of everything that we are creating here with Recovering Church Girls. Um, By the way, we've got some really exciting news that I will be announcing soon. Uh, So keep an eye on our social media and join the conversation there. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.